Hey everybody, it's me again. This is not a audio drama style episode. This is an actual play style episode, but it has a special guest instead of the brother Matt. So please, like last time, don't tell Matt what happens in this episode. He doesn't want to know and it'll spoil the surprise. Besides, you've got more important things to do right now, like listen to our special episode. It is five years after the Battle of Endor. On a tiny outpost on a gas giant, so unimportant that it doesn't even have a name, a speeder flies through the atmosphere. This air speeder does a corkscrew and a dip and a dodge, and the ramshackle TIE fighter in pursuit keeps firing. Miss, miss, miss. The pilot must be some sort of extreme expert. On the back of the airspeeder is a heavy repeating blaster cannon. It's firing in return. The blaster bolts scatter across the front of the cockpit. The front window of the TIE fighter ball explodes. But unfortunately, the very last shot from the TIE fighter lances into the back quadrant of this uh, airspeeder. Boom! The airspeeder starts to plummet at a rapid rate towards the center of gravity in the atmosphere of this gas giant. It is rotating on a flat spin over and over and over. You pass through the front of the cockpit where you see Rush Rinitar, Blue Zecto, four-armed little guy, previously a drunken pod racer, now pilot for the Alliance, which is now the Republic. He's gritting his teeth and doing everything he can to keep this speeder steady. The camera swings across to the other end, back to the rear quadrant where the gunner is hanging on to the railing he's armored in gray has a hair in the style of a wolf tail and has only one word on his lips Kef! 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 We talked about this! The speeder is falling! It's not supposed to be falling! I'm, I'm glad that you're aware of the way physics work and the way you think they should work but let me work Okay? Okay, just make it not fall! Just make it not fall. I'll just do some magic. Aren't you the force user? You can do this. Come on. <laughs> uh, mechanics, three purple. Does that still count as a success? Does... It does not. Not on this roller. No! <laughs> <laughs> it's not a flat so... wash. Welcome <laughs> no, back, Kith. <laughs> It is a failure, a triumph, and an advantage. The engine of this airspeeder is not starting up anytime soon, but... Um, safety feature. It has it has repulsor lifts that will slow its descent. Okay, you, you come over to Rush Renatar. Uh, what is it, Captain? Wait, what? Yeah, what? Just accelerate. I'm, I'm going to try and kick in safety features. Alright, that means I'm just going to have to land straight out of the platform. Yes? That will work. That will work brilliantly. I'm sure. Okay. Everyone, hold on. This is going to be a Russian ride. That was terrible. You should be ashamed of yourself. Can you just fly normal? Why? What happened to the droid we had? The uh, airspeeder comes careening down towards a floating platform outpost tucked away in this uh, gas giant. It's not unlike the Cloud City, although the Cloud City is sleek and shiny. This is a lot more utilitarian. You can see a lot more superstructure, a lot more construction cranes, uh, things of that nature, uh, and a ton of transmission dishes. 
Rush Runatar manages to skid up the front nose of the airspeeder along the top surface of this station, and then Kiff slams on these emergency repulsors. All of the energy from the power core floods out to the bottom. There's a visible blue glow, and the uh, whole thing comes to a sudden and uh, very jerking stop. Ooh. And then, boo, clang, 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 clang. It is completely dead. This thing is not flying again. Advantage. I was wearing a safety belt, so I did not flop all over the cabin. <laughs> uh, Rush Runatar unhooks his uh, eight-point safety restraint, comes out and goes, Hey, you guys okay back here? Oh, oh, that hurt quite a bit. Not gonna lie. It's great. We're great. We're good. Um, Yeah, no, my limbs bend the right way. He's moaning. He's fine. I am not fine. Why do you always... Uh, just because I'm capable of complaining doesn't mean I'm fine. You're the one who has trained medic history. At least you've told me that uh, before. <laughs> it's true. I I did it once, I think. You should think about some continuing ed. Can, I don't think this is going to explode, but we should probably move. Right, right. Moving on. The back door of the airspeeder slides open, and Mandalorian Commando Matu Ordo, lieutenant in the Republic Army, drops down from the back, blasts a rifle at the ready, scans around looking for anybody who might be jumping at him. Nobody. Following him, Captain Kith Ursabek. Uh, what's Kith looking like these days? Well, in spite of requests from her seniors, she still wears the utility gear because it just doesn't make sense not to be prepared. But she has made an acquiescence in that. It is usually cleaner, has the patches. She always wears gloves now. Oh. Uh, she won't <laughs> actually tell people why, but there are rumors. <laughs> no more shocks. Just no more. <laughs> <laughs> well, she is still sleek and black-furred, um, she's a little lopsided now. Something at some point kind of took off three-quarters of her left ear. But it still twitches and moves, and there's a little glint of the gold cuff on each ear still. But she, she uses Matu's shoulder as she hops out. Not because she needs to, just because it's there. <laughs> of course, hanging over the side of that shoulder is <clears throat> Matu's famous sword. Uh, and then behind Kif comes out, again, as I mentioned, Rush Rinitar, former pod racer pilot, acquaintance of Khan Klikchak, as as Rush would tell you, hero of the Alliance, although nobody really, really listens to that part very well. The three of you are here on a very specific mission. The Empire is in its death throes. The only people who are still trying to do this whole Empire thing are either fanatics or corrupt people looking to leverage their military weaponry into becoming some sort of warlord. Um, you're not really sure who operates this one, whether it's fanatic or warlord. But this station is a uh, subspace relay station for the Holonet. And it has been controlling the news feeds for several planets in the system. Meaning that uh, even though the... Battle of Endor ended five years ago. A lot of people in this area don't even know the Empire has been essentially destroyed and a new Galactic Republic has claimed control of the galaxy. The propaganda machine here is well in swing. So your objective is to disable this uh, holonet relay by any means necessary and uh, capture or kill whoever is in charge. 
We just come up to like a service entrance. Well, you're essentially on the on the top section. So if you want to find a service entrance, I think that's fine. I was going to ask if we got rock climbing gear, but I think I'd rather find a more direct entrance. I'm sure there's an elevator. Yes, because those have always gone well in the past. Uh, C, attic entrance. <laughs> that way. She heads towards um, communication masts and, and transmission masts to see if there's a, a handy door that way. Also, you know, might be wires to pull. She kind of waves at the Zexto. You coming? Yeah, yeah, hold on. Let me just get my cool blaster. All right. Also, uh, we're going to need another ride out of here. We'll figure it out. We always figure it out. Or yeah, we always figure it out. Jump. But that was one time. It worked out well. Might not happen again. Well, it, it worked that other time. Sort of. What, the time you threw me over a fence or the time we tried the jetpacks? Okay, the jetpacks, we, we're not going to revisit that, are we? I think it's best if we don't. Out of curiosity, is it actually a cool blaster or is it just a blaster? Um, oh boy. Let's see. I think it has, I mean, you're, you're a mechanic and your ranks are high enough that I'm just going to say that it looks like it has a very expensive mod, but you know, it is a fake. It's a good flashy paint job there, Rush. Uh, better not let anybody see it. They might be jealous. <laughs> Josie is my middle name. Wait, that doesn't come out right. Um, uh, this is harder than it looks. Maybe we should try sneaking now, which is yeah. shh, quiet. <laughs> All right, why don't we do a group stealth in that case? Um, Matu has three green for stealth. Uh, really? I don't know why I'm yeah. surprised by that. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, I, I only have one rank, so I'm a yellow and two green, but still... All right, so do a yellow, two green, uh, and a blue against two purple. And a blue and two purple. And bam. Brilliant. That's two success only. And two threats. <laughs> <laughs> two threats. Two threats. You guys are approaching the, uh, the first communications tower that you see. You can spot a couple of... Uh, bedraggled soldiers guarding the top. They look... I mean, it's been five years. You've been fighting long enough that you can recognize the difference between a trained stormtrooper and someone who's just wearing stormtrooper armor and is being paid to look like a stormtrooper. And that's what you got going on here. There's about three of them. They're definitely not the Empire's finest. Uh, Two of them are just casually chatting. One seems to be busy looking at his uh, uh, data pad. The, the threat here is that uh, Rush drops his blaster. Ah, shoot. I think it went, I think it went down that vent. Hold on. Hold no, on. no. Um, there, no, hold it. You can use mine. Just, shh. Are you sure you want to give him a blaster? He's going to drop that one. We can't just have him waving at people. I know he has extra hands, but that's not how it works. <laughs> Fine. Look, just, he can have mine. Fair enough. You can just stab him anyway. <laughs> Matu shoves this very large blaster rifle. Uh, Rush needs all four arms. <laughs> Sounds like he's holding with all four hands. <laughs> yeah, it's just. Oh, all right. Now this is packing heat. Okay, don't take, call it packing heat. Take a moment, orient yourself. Do not shoot us. You know why don't you go in front? Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll lead the charge. Rush Vinatar, point lead. <laughs> 
So you're probably about medium range to these the stormtroopers. You're hiding low behind some sort of like uh, equipment or something like that. Uh, what do you want to do? I am going to see. Are they standing by anything? Yes, uh, they're definitely standing by some sort of terminal. If you want to roll perception or mechanics to try to figure out what that is, you may. How about that mechanics? All right, that'll be mechanics at three purple, one black for the distance. Okay, that's fine. I'll ignore it. <laughs> so I, I, oh. I cast my weathered eye over the scene and identify quite clearly something with four success and two advantage. Okay, so very obviously that um, that's going to be the main control panel to a number of things. The local transmission, communications, the lift that will take you down into the lower section. Uh, you can spot easily that there's a turbo lift uh, tube that is going to probably take you down to where you need to go. This is an ideal entrance point. Two advantages. There is enough detritus around the uh, the roof that we can get closer and maybe behind them before they have any clue. Perfect. All right, so Kith does the thing where she kind of indicates them, motions for Rush to kind of stay on course going straight, wait mm -hmm. for the signal, and then sends Matu around while she goes around the other way. Yep. Uh, you hear the stormtroopers are having some kind of casual conversation. Uh, what's the conversation about, you think? Along with the wind. They're three seasons behind. Yeah, I just don't understand why they would, you know, make such a drastic casting change. I heard it was because the main lead got kidnapped. What? Kidnapped? That's just some kind of, you know, Coruscant, uh, you know, uh, publicity stunt. I would actually kidnap an actress. I don't know, man. I heard she had rebel ties. All right, now you're just you're just eating up everything that comes out of the tabloids, aren't you? Uh, Ma too, like hovers menacingly behind them. <laughs> just, they're not even standing up straight. He just walks up behind them. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to do? Um. Stab him, punch him, throw him. I want him to say something pithy and then throw one over the edge of the roof while Kith sneaks into to, to the console. Awesome. Let me set up his role here. Also, Machu totally follows the show. <laughs> okay. It might be casual because it's what everybody else talks about, but he wants to know enough to understand the conversations. Got it. It's like that one person who watches Game of Thrones, but not really. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like the only reason I actually know who anybody is, is because people talk about it. Yeah, okay, got you. Uh, let's see. I, need just, I have not used this character in so long. I have to remember <laughs> how it works. Uh, okay, great. Okay, so it's going to be four green, a yellow, two blue, and two force dice against two purple and a black. Uh, and, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> that is seven successes of triumph and two force uh two light side pips so as they're talking about clone with the wind uh, matu leans in and goes you know what really drives me crazy about that whole show is the accent not one of them sounds like a mandalorian at all and they look around and they go wait what the he just grabs both of them and then tosses them over and then you get the uh, the Wilhelm scream <gasps> and uh <laughs> As a triumph, both of their blaster rifles fall to the ground in front of him, uh, left behind. There's still one guard left. Um, so you got seven successes in that triumph, and the triumph was the weapons were left? Yeah. So Kit's going to stand up, 
and press a tool into the small of his back and says, how about you pass, a f- pass us your security gear? Uh, uh, who, who are you? Does it matter? I'm the one holding a weapon to you next to that. All right, do a coercion. Uh, you get a upgrade because they just saw <laughs> Matu throw two of them over the edge. Um, and a blue for um, your cool line and using the tool to make it sound scary. Did I give you a difficulty? I forgot. No, but I'm going to steal a, a light side point because I don't actually have much of the coercion. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think uh, two purple's fine. Average. He's just an average Joe, man. He doesn't have any discipline. But he has enough. Yeah, so you get real the threat. <sighs> I think I used the wrong end of the pry bar. He can feel that it's a flat thing, not a round thing. <laughs> and he goes, well, you don't think I know what a pry bar feels like? He spins around, uh, brings the blaster to, to bear towards you. Uh, the only person left who hasn't done anything would be Rush Rinitar, who I don't think has, would have any ranks in uh, ranged heavy. So it's going to be four green against uh, two purple. It's going to be one of those purples of red because he's too close to you. And a black, and I'll give him a blue for aiming. Uh, oh two successes, two advantages. So as he spins around, his head just uh, just explodes in a big uh, fiery mess, and he tumbles over the edge as well. And Wait. Rush looks at Matu's blaster. Is like, oh man, I gotta get me one of these. Please take that away from him. Yeah, give me that. <laughs> and here's your stormtrooper blaster instead. Oh man, these are terrible. They're fine. Yeah, Kit's just ignoring them, going through the the guy's like security pouch. Yeah, he he's got the the access codes. Easy peasy. Well, uh, normally I would want to disconnect some things, but I feel like that might make it a little too obvious that we're here. So how about we go swipe down? Perfect. You get into the elevator. Uh, you already have a schematic of this place. So you know you got to go uh, pretty much to the center of the station to get what you need. So it's kind of a long uh, turbo lift ride down. Rush Rinatar is uh, in the corner kind of examining the uh, Blast Tech E11 he just got, trying to make sure it, it works. Um, you guys have come across more than a few stormtroopers whose uh, gear has fallen into such disrepair that uh, the blasters were mostly for show. Matu is, is standing next to you, and he looks kind of pensive. And he uh, he looks over at you and goes, How long have we been at this now? Six years? Seven? I don't know. What is today? Tuesday? This Tuesday. Or we could get the hang of Tuesdays. But yeah, seven sounds right. I think, I think this is going to be my last mission for the Republic. Finally going to go set up that noodle shop? No. <sighs> he looks like he's rubbing the back of his head and he looks like really kind of bashful. I, I, I kind of met someone. <clears throat> what? Excuse me. I, I know, it's sort of sudden, but I was I was back with the Mandalorians on leave, and there's this new tribe, and I don't know, we got to talking, and she was, um, well, I don't know, seemed to like me. And Get out of the I'm system! Not- she shoves him. What's her name? <laughs> no, I'm not telling you. But, but I'm, I'm like, I'm like your best friend, and yes. I'm your superior officer. Superior officer, you, sh- you should totally tell me. That's an order. Ah. <sighs> She waggles her eyebrows. I'm only pausing because I actually didn't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> How could you not? I don't know. This is one of those moments where Matt would be like, 
How, obviously, I was going to ask that. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> well, that's that's the first question. The second question is, is she nice? And when can I meet her? She, Kith is staring with all of the piercingness of, of just an absolutely tickled sibling slash best friend. She's basically bouncing up and down. Her name, her name is Joria. Nice. Yes, she's nice. She's, she's very um, strong and uh, committed to bringing the Mandalorians into a new era. Patient. Why would you have to be patient? Just a question. Just, just a natural question. I don't know if I like what you're insinuating here. Well, I'm not insinuating anything. I would be just asking for reasons. Do I get to meet her? I suppose if you insist. Yes! But not right away. It's still kind of new. You know, I don't want to weird her out. Also, we should probably blow up this place and get out of here with the minimal amount of damage because you're in pretty good shape for right now. In spite of your age, we should we should make this work so, you know. What do you mean in spite of my age? I'm only 31. Mm, yeah. I'm impressed. I didn't expect you to make it past 29, so. Ah, uh, you know, you're... F- a fair point. I didn't expect I was making it this far. Maybe that's part of it. You know, it's just when I was a young Mandalorian, all I ever thought about was living a life of a brave warrior, fighting against enemies, bringing honor to my clan, to my people. And I've gotten to do that for the last 10 or so years. Believe it or not, I'm kind of tired of it. Yeah, yeah, you say that, but now you're going to hook up with a Mandalorian who wants to bring in a new era for the Mandalorian. And I don't know. I can't say much. It's not like that. It's not like she wants to become the new war race or master battler. She wants to become, you know, part of a team, part of the Republic, have Mm. a senator, do all that kind of thing. Have a seat at the table. But what you're telling me is that I need to build a basilisk wardroid built for two. (laughs) I think I can make room for that second seat. I don't, I don't know if I even need that anymore. I, I don't know. Look, all I, all I know is I think it's time for me to focus on me for a little while. Good plan, buddy. Pat, pat, pat. You sure I didn't? <laughs> and then um, as if flipping a switch, he's just back into like battle mode. Immediately stalks into the hallway. Uh, leans against the closest like side pillar and like scans ahead and gives you the all clear signal. Kith nods and, and moves in, taking a little bit of a lead, just just kind of eyeballing the, the tech to see where they should be going. As they're walking, she casually glances over and says, Is she cute? Oh, she's more than cute. <laughs> you guys are so beautiful. I wish I could find somebody like that. <laughs> yeah, I would say this is private, but we are having this conversation on... <laughs> on a mission so I guess I can Rush mm-hmm. this does not go in the report oh no I I don't write reports anyway I wondered about that alright uh, I think this hallway is where we need to go hang a left alright uh, as you, you approach the next section um, you do see that there's a uh, another like security checkpoint um, this one looks a little bit more seriously guarded you've got about four stormtroopers here there's a uh, catwalk because it's Star Wars, a very long catwalk that's guarded by a very visible force field. You're going to have to shut that force field off if you want to get across. Um, roll another mechanics check for me, see if you can figure out the layout here. Would you, would you like to apply difficulty? 
Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, unopposed. How about three purple? <laughs> I liked unopposed better. I'm gonna be completely honest. <laughs> Could have been player's choice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and so it oh, begins. All right. Okay. This, actually, this is very interesting. You have you're not really sure because um, this is not structured in the way that standard imperial stations are built. They took it over. Well, yeah, maybe that's what. Yeah, that's what you think based yeah, on the threat. That's what I think. Yeah. But it's a threat, so I'm probably wrong. Hmm. Oh. Yes, be coy now, Chris. <laughs> All right, what's the move? Um, well, there's a catwalk, a bunch of stormtroopers. Is there a railing? Um, so the catwalk is b- beyond the security station. So this area is enclosed, uh, probably like one of those hexagonal um, corridors like in, in the first Star Wars movie when they're in the detention center. Okay, so everything's fine down here. How are you? Yeah, exactly. That part. So it's very enclosed here. And then past that, there's an open catwalk um, past that force field. Okay, so the force field is indeed in front of it. Yes. Um, I would like to start a power surge in the lighting because I figure that's something that I have at least vague access to as a distraction. And then Mm -hmm. we will close ranks and move in. All right. So you pull off a panel and uh, hop to it. I'm going to (laughs) say probably two purple and a black. Okay. Yeah, screw that noise. <laughs> Machu, Machu, come here. Mm. Give me a boost. Head, up, pop. And bam. Beautiful. So she she pops one of the little lighting covers off, passes it down to Rush, and just starts jiggering with the wires or connections in there. Um, so that's five success, triumph, threat. Out of curiosity, what's the threat? Um, I'm going to hold it until you tell me what the triumph is okay well since this is a little bit of a janky old station i'm, I'm gonna say that the power surge she creates is more than the system is prepared to handle so it actually knocks out all of the power to the force field it doesn't make sense to knock out the force field but it does send up sparks at their station and they do not have communications perfect um so i go the threat is that all of the lights are completely off now in this area. The only light in this in this room is coming from the force field. Which is directly behind them, which means they are backlighted. That is quite true. Okay. We can work with this. All right. Uh, let's roll initiative. Bam. Uh, what, what, what am I rolling? Uh, I mean, you were ready for this. So Vigilance Oracle, your choice. I know that's not how it's supposed to go, but that's how I do it. Well, I can't, can't say they're, they're markedly different. But I still did better. Ooh. Oof. <laughs> Stormtroopers are on their game, so they're they're all going first. Unfortunately for them, they don't really know what the heck is going on. Um, so I'm just going to have them do, I guess, perception checks. Okay. I don't know, probably vigilance checks. Nah, I'll do perception checks. So they get their guns out. They're looking around. Um, it's going to be probably be... You're averagely hidden, so two purple. I'm going to give it a black for... Um, the zero lighting. So we're at two green against two purple and a black. You want to flip anything? Nah, nah. Uh, complete wash. <laughs> they cannot see <laughs> at all. They're trying to call up to uh, the other levels, and of course, as you stated, you've fried their calm. So 
I guess, uh, you know, they, they didn't really get to benefit from their improved initiative. Uh, who should go next? Um, I would like to flip one point to make one of them superstitious and that there is a, a, a ghost story that floats about this place. <laughs> okay, what's the ghost story? Well, somebody was just, you know, minding their own business, doing their own thing when they heard a noise. And they hooked themselves up to their safety cables, and they're looking around, and there's nothing there. So they lean out a little further. There's still nothing there. And then the cable snaps, and they plummet down the giant space under the catwalk and splat in a thousand directions. Now, it's a true story, but some people say that he still wanders this this place trying to hook his safety cable to things. Ooh. It's him, the the wandering technician. He's here. He's here. Matu. Matu. Hmm. What? Poke him. Something to your thing at them. She she kind of flicks her fingers at them like magic. Not not that thing yet. Oh, fine. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, Let's see. Force powers. Which force powers do you have, Matu? Can't remember. I know you have move. Mm -hmm. I think. Um, force the enhanced move. Okay. So he has a force rating of two. Gonna roll two force die. Gets one pip. One light, one dark. That puts him at the ability. He can, um, so he, yeah, you can, you can essentially do exactly what you said, which is kind of give him a little push. So, ah, 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 he's here. He's here. Um, fear check? Sounds good to me. What is that? It's discipline? Yes, as far as I know. All right, I think that's going to be... Um, let's see. It's at least two purple. I think it's upgraded because he got force pushed. <laughs> <laughs> so it's two green, a yellow against a red and a purple. Uh, but he succeeds against that. Um, Dead gummit. He like, uh, essentially like unlocks the safety of his blaster and goes... I'm going to vaporize you, ghost. You just wait. Shut up. So so during all this, Kith is is sneaking low and, and up closer. Okay. So you're probably within short range. All right. And I Maybe can't... just on the border of, like, engaged, I guess. Well, I don't want to use a grenade at this point because I'm going to need the console. Right. So what I basically wanted to do was I'll take the two strain to move in to engaged with the back of their console. Mm-hmm. And uh, pop it open to see if I can actually just access the force field, like just access everything from behind instead of actually going up and pressing buttons all you're supposed to, like like a normal person would. Right, got it. Um, and what do you want to do with it once I, you have access? I do want to drop the force field. Okay, so probably one purple mechanics. Because, I mean, that's a pretty specific kind of control but yeah, most of the power's out, so there's probably not a whole lot to like pull at anyway. It'd be probably pretty obvious. The only thing that's lit up still. Oh boy, <laughs> Christine's gonna be angry. You rolled so many triumphs on this show. I just want to point out, I'm not doing doing this on D1C3. If we were using that, this would be a different story altogether. <laughs> Perhaps a much shorter one. <laughs> all right so you have five successes a triumph and a threat triumph uh, when i drop the shield there's a slight depressurization 
that if it does not suck them back, it at least knocks, like, distracts them thoroughly because, you know, that's not supposed to happen. And their friend was just yelling about a ghost. Yeah. Okay. So I think the guy, I think the ghost guy has just lost his stuff now and he just runs like right past Matu, right past Rush, just does not even acknowledge. Just like, this is not worth the paycheck. <laughs> out of out of the picture, he's just gone. Uh, the other three take up like a, a stronger defensive position. They're definitely got the whole like back to back to back thing. <laughs> the little paranoid triangle. Kith, Kith, sitting completely obscured behind it, just kind of shakes her head like they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> All right, so it's Rush Renatar's turn. I mean, he can fire if he wants to. Okie dokie. We've got a place for them to fall. They do not have communications elsewhere. We need them out of the way. I'm not too worried about it. All right, so it's going to be four green against one purple. Uh, Success, three advantages. So one of them goes down. Uh, The other two start returning fire probably pretty much immediately. So that's going to be... Yellow, two green, one purple, one black for the darkness. Uh, success and an advantage, and then two successes and an advantage. And so uh, they return fire with more precision than you were expecting. Rush does get hit. He kind of collapses down uh, against the wall. He's not in, like, life-threatening peril, but he's in a lot of pain. I'm sure we'll hear about it. Uh, uh, I've never been shot before. Uh, oh, oh, gosh, this is hurt. This hurts a lot. Uh, How have you never been shot before? You always make me stay in the ship. Uh, you usually mute his comms, too. <laughs> All right, uh, who next? Kip or Matu? Matu. She, she, she can't signal him directly, but... You know, this is usually when she has him. He he says jump in to rescue her, but you know. <laughs> okay, so he rolled force die. He he got two black dark pips, so I'm gonna flip a destiny to engage it. So you engage his force leap. He leaps directly into the center of the three of them, and he's just gonna go chippy chubby chop. So his melee this is my favorite stat roll ever. Is three. Yellow and two green, two purple, uh, two successes and an advantage. And I'm just going to go ahead and have, kill them all, chop them all down here. So he just jumps in between the two of them. It was whoosh, whoosh, and they're both uh, on the ground before uh, they even realize what's happened. He has a cool little flourish, flings the blood off his blade and slides it back into position. Uh, Rush got hit. Yeah, I heard. Guys, it hurts a lot. Get up. You remember that thing I had you put on your belt that looks like a gun that isn't a gun? Yeah, yeah. You know that pointy end? Right, yeah. Stick it in yourself and press okay, the trigger. Okay. Ah, 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 ah. Ooh, that hurts. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, that's better. Oh, yeah. that's better. Yeah, that's what we call stabbing helpfully. Now, shh! <laughs> oh, hold on, time out. Did you go back and listen to our episodes so you can remember all these references, or you just remember them all? The only reference that I probably would not have been able to make would have been one that I haven't made yet. But yes, I was re-listening to the episodes today because I was doing housework and I needed things to listen to anyway. <laughs> but now stabbing helpfully, joke's never gone away. Oh. <laughs> oh, beautiful. <clears throat> All right, so Rush is bringing up the rear. 
Uh, the two of you are, are heading across this catwalk. Uh, the center of this catwalk looks like another um, fortified position, but it's not locked down at the moment. It looks like the central control area for everything. Is there like a door with a window or is it just open? Imagine that. So the way I'm kind of imagining it, because it's Star Wars architecture, uh, there's three separate catwalks that go all the way across to uh, a thing that is in the center of this big, wide open space for who knows what reason. And there's essentially like a big bulb looking thing in the middle. Um, and these three doors open or three catwalks go into three separate doors that go into this control center bulb that's in the middle of the giant space. Um, think of like, I don't know, any science fiction power core, except it's not glowing. It's just a room. Yeah, it's just a big old room, control room. Uh, you make it across to the other end without really any incidents. And uh, as you're kind of leaning through the door, you can see that this room is a massive communications control center. There are screens everywhere, all playing different feeds of news, entertainment, um, just all sorts of stuff. But basically the entire holodeck is coming through this this uh, this hub. And you see there is a... Um, hmm, I don't want to play this. I think that's a very good uh, question, Chris. So you see there, there are two people in here. One is a... Um, gosh, what is that guy called now? Hold on, I gotta look it up. This is bad. Basilisk. Right? Basilisk? Basilisk, Basilisk. Uh, yeah. would be the Forearm forearms guy. with the kind of coxcomb thing going on. Yeah. So there's Basilisk sitting in the center operating the control panels, and he is very clearly like editing the, the data, uh, splicing footage together, just basically turning the whole thing different. And uh, sitting next to him in a smaller chair is a drawl with black fur. Kith kind of looks at Matu. Not what I expected to be at the center of a an Imperial misinformation hub. Yeah. You think he'd be some sort of snooty guy with a British accent. In a really finely pressed uniform. Maybe they're just the operators? They don't look like they're in duress. Well, uh, what do you want to do? Just talk to them? Uh, how about I go in first? All right. I, I open the door assuming it's not locked. Yeah, it's not locked. Uh, hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> the drawl turns around and is like, Not now, we're not expecting any visitor. Who am I? Who are you? Uh, well, I'm me. Um, who are you? Do they have, like, name tags or anything? No, they don't. Um, perception, please. One purple. Perception. I'm I'm extremely perceptive. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it's a dirty, dirty lie. Yeah, no, it's probably gonna be a dirty, dirty lie. Yeah, marginally dirty lie. Three advantage. <laughs> Three advantages. Um, the thing that catches your eye immediately is that the Besselisk has a giant cybernetic implant on the left half of his face. That would be hard to miss. Yeah, and I think you as a mechanical technician person would just find that the most interesting and so you pretty much ignore the drawl. Uh, the drawl goes Oh my, you're one of those rebels, aren't you? Not sure I like your tone um, but you could say that. What's with your face? Is that like just kind of leaning in, trying to get, get a beat on, on how the what the implant is actually designed for. Is it is it for improvement? Is it for recovery? Ah, uh, mechanics, please. Um, okay. Who's two part of this purple and a black. 
I hear you. Uh, <laughs> minus the black. <laughs> Two success to advantage. You know uh, that this cybernetic implant has him basically a direct feed into this entire um, hub. So it's, it's it's does he control it or he just can process it faster? Yeah, he, it's uh, he's jacked into it. He can control it partly with his mind. Um, in fact, you're getting the sense that he barely is even paying attention to you. That his focus is solely on his work right here. That he doesn't even seem to care what's happening with you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, she'll look at the draw. So, two observations I'd like to make. One, you're a non-human or even really human-y species working for the Empire, and to a newsflash, you're said lost. Oh, yes, I'm, I'm quite aware of that. Um, really, I have no love for the Empire. They just have the deepest pockets and the most uh, questionable morals. Oh, oh, easy money, easy access, I see, I see. Well, you know, um, we're shutting you down, and I hope you don't mind. Matu? So, uh, a bunch of things happen at once here. Yeah, yeah, you like that phrase. (laughs) And this is going to be sort of cinematic. Um, The draw very casually leans back in his chair and hits a switch on on it, um, releasing a door compartment, I guess like a cage door, underneath his chair uh kiv kind of sees this all in slow motion but uh a creature leaps out from underneath the chair it's about the size of maybe if you put your two hands together it's kind of small um and i want you to think of a chameleon uh that has six legs and instead of being kind of green and and scaly is black and uh, shiny like a carapace and its little curly cute tail has big long point at the end and then it has like huge overgrown teeth. This thing is leaping at you uh, with the intent to kill. But even before you said the word Matu, he was already like three steps in. His sword is out. He slices this creature straight down the middle, uh, leaving a big old pile of goopy black icor on the ground. Um, the drawl kind of widens his eyes and he goes... Oh my, that was quite impossible. Who are you? Me? I'm Matu Ordo, the clan Ordo. This is the sword of my father. Mm. And my father's father. Yep. And the sword of Mandalorians going back a thousand generations. It has tasted the blood of Jedi, and it has slain Sith. And it will not fail me today. You should listen. He means it. I must be going. He pushes another button. Uh, the, the chair turns into like a little hover chair and goes zoom, starts heading down one of the other catwalks. You hey, can't hey, get back here. Um, no. Are we still in cinematics? Is he going to escape? So you kind of have a choice now. Are you going to try to help Matu chase the drawl down or are you going to do something about this basilisk? Well, our goal was to shut down everything, right? Yeah. Matu can force leap intelligently. Matu, don't get yourself killed. I'll finish what I'm doing here and join you momentarily. All right. (laughs) He's going to die. He's going to die, and his new girlfriend's going to hate me. (laughs) I haven't even met her yet. Son of a... Um, I just want a bad motivator check. Uh, Dude fell his head. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's the greatest sentence I've heard in a while. <laughs> I had a bad motivator in his head. Okay. Um, that is three purple, am I correct? That is a hard mechanics check. However, un momento, por favor. Oh, I thought I had something that let me... How am I All right, nope. Still a hard, hard check thingy. Jigger. All right, here we go. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. I'm going to hit that first point. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes closed. Bam. <laughs> oh my god, he's laughing. <laughs> no successes, a triumph and two advantages. Oh, Kip, what have you done? <laughs> oh, maybe I need a speech before I do these things. <laughs> Okay, so what was your intent in bad motivating his his uh, head? I wanted to disconnect him from the system so he wouldn't have the control over it that he currently does, which would okay. give me better access to the system itself. Right. But I failed, but I got a triumph. So I'm wondering if you'll let me just bash him on the head with my pry bar for a similar <laughs> effect. <laughs> yeah, okay. So describe this scene. <laughs> So Matu is running down saying, okay, he's not going to die. Kit's like, oh, I'm gonna, he's going to die. And he's, this guy's not even paying attention to me. Nobody ever thinks I'm a threat. So she goes over and she just kind of flicks a switch on the side of his head, thinking that it, it's one thing. And it goes, the guy kind of shakes his head and goes back to work. And she's like, oh, crying out loud. Wang. <laughs> Battles falls over. Uh, Rush with his four hands goes. Yeah, yeah, good move, Kiff. Okay, thanks. Um, restrain him or something. Yeah, okay. Just shoot him with a stun beam a bunch of times. <laughs> Kiff, Kiff nods slowly. I like your enthusiasm. Maybe dial it back a notch and save it for the ride out. All right. Okay. Sorry. No, it's cool. Focus. Just, just keep yourself in top gear. Or whatever. She turns back to the, the top console. Gear. I like that's a good catchphrase. I'm rationing top gear. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Well, that's quick. What do you think about that one? <sighs> I need a new driver. <laughs> All right. What do you want to do? You got this whole massive uh, communications thing in front of you. Uh, is the goal to destroy it or? Uh, it was just get rid of it. Any means necessary. Okay. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure this is Imperial, which means they put a lot of money into the power systems, but not necessarily into care of the power systems. So she's just going to try and create a feedback loop that will blow it up after a few minutes. Cool. <laughs> a warning uh, window pops up. Doing this will create a feedback loop that will destroy the system. Do you wish to continue? Yes or no? Doop. Yes, please. Uh, 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 uh. Warning. Power system overridden. Feedback loop initiated. Uh, 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 uh. Well, that's a really specific warning alarm. Yeah, I think they've learned some things. But not enough to not allow you to do that? Pretty much. We should get Matu and get out of here. Come. Matu, where are you? As you're coming, uh, you're looking around at the monitors and you can see there's one bank of security monitors. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you're watching something kind of terrifying. 
Over the last six or seven years since uh, the events of Friends Like These, you've noticed that Matu doesn't really like to talk about his Force stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, he never did in the first place. Kif was probably the closest one who got him to open up about it at all. But um, even though he doesn't want to talk about it and he's rejected all offers of trying to understand it, going to a Jedi temple, meeting with Luke Skywalker, um, he's gotten better at it. And you've noticed this over time, that he's getting stronger and stronger with his ability. And while you're watching the security camera, you notice this is no different. He walks through a room chasing this drawl where there are seven stormtroopers um, at the ready. Matu's eyes are completely shut and he moves so quickly and perfectly. He grabs one guy as he's trying to, as he's about to fire the blaster, moves the barrel to shoot the other one, cuts another stormtrooper at the legs, throws that one across to uh, slam him into the side. It's just like in perfect synchronicity and it's not I guess I don't even know if, if Kif would know this, but it's not like how the Jedi that you've seen in the movies just kind of know what to do instinctively. He's just so in tune with the immediate future that he can make decisions based on it and, and make predictive moves. So you're, you're kind of like Sherlock in the, the Robert Downey Jr. ones, where he kind of thinks his way through what's going to happen and just flows into the fight. Mm, sure. I only saw one of those, and it was after I had my wisdom teeth pulled, <laughs> and I was on drugs, so I don't remember it very well. Death is only the beginning. That's all you need to know. Okay, perfect. Um, so okay. he does this cool choreographed sequence, but the draw uh, lands his little hover pod into a... Uh, into a secure turbo lift as that secure turbo lift's blast doors are closing slowly because this is Star Wars another little uh, creature leaps out tries to uh, stab Matu in the face and he cuts it in half again but it's enough time to give him uh, to get that thing secure and closed and it that turbo lift starts zipping away ah lost him did you get his name no I was thinking maybe Fluffball fuzzy face. You know, we've had this conversation about sensitivity before. I don't care, he's an enemy. I was about to slice him in half. You want to talk about sensitivity? Meet us in the parking garage and try not to get yourself killed. Oh, I'm not getting killed. I haven't even been shot today. Rub it in, why don't you? Jeez. Come on, Rush, let's go. You guys meet back at uh, the turbo lift you originally got to and, uh, one more mechanics check to see if you can figure out where the... Oh, no, you have the schematics. So you, yeah. you key in the the docking bay. What the heck was that creature? Uh, bad news? Bad news. I'm going to go with bad news. Uh, creepy guy wants money and dubious morality in control. So I think he made it. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm inclined to agree. I, I feel like this is least marginally important information to include in well a report one of us has got to write it it's probably gonna be you um me how did i get stuck writing all the reports all the time rush why don't you ever write the reports um i i can't answer that right now i have a headache from being shot uh. <laughs> i i read his report once it was about how great he was and about how terrible some other pilot was. It was very strange. 
Travel left doors open your in the docking hangar. Now this is uh this is always the important question. What ship are we getting? Uh probably a really crappy one. Cause these guys aren't even properly paid stormtroopers. So what's the closest you can get to a Star Trek puddle jumper? I know I'm conflating things there. Uh <laughs> style of <laughs> shuttlecraft. Oh boy. Um uh, my favorite is always the jump master because it's so stupid looking, but that only seats two. Hold on, hold on. Um, I want to see it. Yeah, go jump master 5000 is what it's called. <laughs> also, it's called the jump master 5000. Yeah, that's the other part of it. <laughs> <This> <laughs> the, like shit. the most 90s name ever. Okay, so it fits two. We can make it work. No, there's one. There's another one. I'm trying to remember what it's called. It's like blocky. That's not the name Looks of it. Looks like somebody made it out of like, uh, uh, let's see. Star Wars. Shuttlecraft. Oh, see, now those are, those are too nice. Actually, no, no. You know what's in there? Hmm. A bus. Oh, it's a, it's a Star Speeder 3000 from Star Tours. Yes. Oh, That's perfect. Uh, yeah, there's a star, uh, an old Star Tours Star Speeder 3000 sitting there. Um, Kif, you know, uh, hot wires the door. There's one of those pilot droids in there, but Monty just picks it up and throws it out the thing. <laughs> clang, clang. I haven't hey. seen one of these in years. Hey, I'm still functional. <laughs> We had one out back of the out back of the garage. My uncle slept in it. <laughs> Why? It's not even comfortable. Well, it was modified heavily. There are black lights. I wasn't supposed to visit. Um, bad news. This thing's kind of not really functional. Why would they have it? Maybe he was sleeping in it. <laughs> it's a droid. Droids don't sleep in. Never mind. Just go fix it. You're the fix-it person. Rush, you've already been shot once today. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, thank you. She she slides under the uh, dashboard to see if she can figure out what's going on. Yeah, mechanics, uh, two purple or red. Ooh, are you kidding me? Do I actually get the success in that? <laughs> Six successes. Woo! Um, yeah, the parking brake's on. Rush, have you ever driven one of these? Nope. She stands up, like, uses the, the, the uh, air chair and kind of pushes up so he bobs slightly. Blah. And she kicks the big old crank next to him and indicates <laughs> a big warning light. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, the, the text of the warning light has long since been rubbed off and just worn away. Yeah. Try it again. Oh, wow. You're such a genius. Yes, that's why they made me captain. And, and she's just clenching her fists. The scene shows the exterior of the gas giant. The station is already imploding on itself. Uh, in the far distance, another ship is already uh, leaping into hyperspace. No doubt the drawl that got away. Mate was sitting, uh, reclining on the, the passenger seats of the, of the Star Speeder while Rush does the calculations for hyperspace. Well, as far as last missions go, that wasn't so bad. 
So, I've got some leave coming up. Oh no, come on. I just want to say hi. You're not going to tell Nima, are you? No. You already did, didn't you? How could I? We were on a mission. I haven't done anything yet. You were in a communications array. You sent a message, didn't you? No, actually, I, I, I did send a message, but it wasn't it wasn't to Nima. Oh, well, then who'd you send it to? Well, it was to me, and then well, as soon as we broke atmosphere, it sent automatically to Nima. Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> Where's TV when you need him? Oh. And uh, as the the heroes of the hiding away leap into hyperspace, we're left with lingering questions. Who was that drawl? What was that monster? What does any of this have to do with Silhouette Zero Season 3? Well, listeners, you're just going to have to wait and find out. The end! So, um, I'm your host and GM, Chris Ng, and we have a special guest player today. It's me, not the brother Matt. I was Leslie all along. It was me, Leslie. Um, from the aforementioned Heroes of the Hiding Way, player to the famous Kith. Keth! Keth! What? And now, um, the, the, uh, ponderous and peaceful Billy, the, the droid for, uh, season two. Is it season two? Yeah. That that, season? That's how they broke it up. Season one, season two. It's really like... Season one, season two? Like, episodes-wise, probably like season five at this point, but you know. <laughs> uh, so thanks for coming in and doing this. I know you're... Interestingly, listeners, Leslie knows more about the plot of of season three than anyone else in the world right now, other than me, of course. I was about to be really concerned, Chris. <laughs> um, but thanks for coming in and filling in some gaps. Maybe we'll see Kif a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Maybe tease that a little bit. Well, always. Okay, um, so if you enjoy this episode, uh, you know, let me know. Uh, hopefully you guys are getting as pumped for season three as I am. Uh, you can find all of our stuff at Sil Zero Chris. That's S I L Z E R O. There's Sil Zero Matt. S I L Z E R O M A T T. Good job. Um, there's uh, our website, SilZeroPodcast.com, Patreon.com slash Sil Zero. And of course, uh, Leslie, where can people find you and the heroes? At Leslie GS is me. At The Hydean Way is, well, the rest of the uh, mooks. I mean, heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're doing edge of the empire right now in a, in a very entertaining um crew for the sky on fire um so you know if you're looking for more star wars role-playing stories in your life go check out heroes if you haven't already you're encouraged and welcome to join us we're riding on um, the sky on fire headed toward the edge of the empire i gotta redo that theme song but your number's up and now you gotta pay running from the heroes of the heidi and way um yeah i guess that's it anything else you want to say to the the listening world i got a surf ninjas reference in there and i'm a happy camper (laughs) and that is about as leslie as you're gonna get may the force be with you bam and also with you (laughs) and the father of and the father wait how's it go i can't remember generations of mandalorians tasted yeah slain that part i remember is like uh and then my father's father, and oh, this is the sword of my father, my father's father, and the sword of a, a thousand Mandalorian, oh, and the sword of, oh my god, I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs>